Let's do something important. One of the most important things in all of our lives. Pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you now. We just pray that you open the eyes of our hearts. You are the Almighty. And we pray to you, Lord, that we would listen. Discuss these options with others and elders and not just us as we do. But I pray, Lord, that as we go to you now, you would truly speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Trust us purely in our hearts. If it's not from you, Lord, take it from me. Don't allow me to say it. I pray, God, that you, the sovereign God who's in control of all things, would let us all hear what you want. sobbing wife, 
where are we going to find our comfort, our strength, our good, and our refuge? That's really the question I have for us today. That's what God has for us. Now, all of my kids are wonderful. I love my children. I do. I'm proud of all of them. Rebecca's becoming an amazing woman. She's extremely smart. She's never going to date. That's okay.
That's why our parents are so important. Because they try their best while we're here living with them to protect us. Our parents truly do try to protect us. And I would even dare say that when we're done with our parents and we're moved out of their house, they still worry about us. Even though we're adults now and we make our own decisions, they're still there to comfort you and try and help you. But ultimately, our supreme parent, the Lord, that's who we can turn to. And that's what David's saying. Let him preserve us and guard us. Because he said it. saints in the land are excellent ones and God delights in them, but apart from them, we can't do anything that's good. God's the one who protects us. It's the Lord who's the one who provides every good and every perfect gift. David says in Psalm 31, 6, I hate those who pay regards to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. What's interesting to me is that that's what the world does. They pay regards or they serve worthless idols like money, which is fleeting. It's here today and gone tomorrow. It doesn't last forever. Like health, which again, all of us are going to die at some point in time in life, but where will we be in the end when we do die? With the Lord, or apart from the Lord, you have to ask that question yourself. Then there's the world that serves justice. friend of mine on Facebook who finds all the different hypocrisies out there. One of them was, we are told, by choice, by body, when it comes to abortion, but not a vaccine. It seems like it flows to that. And this is a guy who's wondering why. It's my body, my choice. I should be allowed to do whatever I want with it, right? So we get attacked. In fact, I got a call over the weekend, last or this past week, about a guy who was carrying a gun and a knife into two different churches over in Bible Center. So we're doing everything to protect us here by locking the doors, making sure that you're safe, that you know this is a place of the Lord, which is a place of refuge. But there are people in this world that don't like Christians, those who follow Christ, because stand up for something that never changes. That's a scary thing that we're having today because that's what people who don't follow the Lord run after. They serve their own gods. And it's worthless. So listen to something because it costs them a great deal. Listen to what it costs them. Verse 4, it costs them the sorrows of those who run after another god shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. You know, the world's refuge is an interesting thing. God leaves them to their own desires, and it costs them everything. 
should mess around with. So, again, as a only Christian in my family, I am on my knees praying for my relatives, my, my mother, my father, my brothers, my everybody I know in my side of the family. I pray for them that God would prick their heart and change their heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Now, that's hard for some of them to hear. says this, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of people who suppress the truth by their unrighteousness. Because what can be known about God is plain to them, because God made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen because they understood, or they are understood, what has been made so people are without excuse. senseless hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for an image resembling mortal human beings or birds or four-footed animals or reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the desires of their hearts to be encouraged to dishonor their bodies among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the going to do? Verse 5 tells us. He says this, The Lord is my chosen portion, my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. Verse 8, I've set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Verse 9, Therefore my heart is glad, my whole being rejoices, my flesh dwells secure. Here's the answer to the question. We need to turn to the Lord. There's no other place we can turn. Do you want to know why David's heart and whole being rejoiced? 
and his flesh dwelled secure? It's because in the midst of suffering, he turned to the Lord. The Lord was his portion and cup, and it was overflowing. The Lord helped David and guarded him in David's time of need. The Lord's the one who gave David counsel and instructed David's heart. And He will and can do the same with all of us. James Jinwei said this about the psalm, Blessed are the people that in such a case, blessed are those people whose God is the Lord. No greater mercy can be bestowed upon any people, family, or person than this, for God to dwell among them. That's the reality of life. We need God to dwell among us. What could God give to us more than Himself? We can and need to set the Lord always before us because He's the protector of our lives. You and I will not be shaken when we look to the Lord, the perfecter and author of our faith. Jesus Christ, when we turn to Him and know in our hearts that we are heirs to His kingdom. I've said this before, how many of us would like to be a Kennedy? Back in the 60s and 70s, I mean, every Kennedy was around, right? They were the Camelot of America. How many of us would like to be, well, this is dangerous, <clears throat> a son of the Trump? <clears throat> how many of us would like to be a part of a, a family like the Royals? Yet I can tell you, they have nothing, nothing compared to what God has. We watch the royal weddings and we see Princess Diana get married and everyone's, oh, how amazing this is and look at how much money they have. Oh, it must be wonderful to be a royal. Grass is always greener on the other side until you have to mow the lawn. So what makes our heart glad? What makes our whole being rejoice? To know that we're with God? That's what makes my heart joy. That's what actually, in that story I shared with you in the beginning, the only thing that made me get through the, the issues of my son was the fact that God was good, God was in control, God was sovereign, and He was my refuge. I tried to take care of my wife. I tried to pray with my wife, and she just was crying. She was uncontrollably sobbing, and it was just a sad moment. And then I remember one of my friends came in and he said, Can I anoint you with oil? Can I anoint your wife with oil? I said, Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. And so he just got on her forehead with some oil, and he started putting the cross on her forehead, and he was praying for her, and he was praying for the baby. And then one day goes by. And I'm still on my knees looking for refuge, looking for security and comfort, and knowing that the doctors are going to save this, and I knew they couldn't. It was only God that was going to do it. And then it was day two, and my wife is in the hospital, and it's two days, and we're sitting there, and they're like, oh, this is great, his heartbeat still looks good. And then it went to day three. And they said, we're going to keep him in there, in the womb, for as long as we can until he starts to have issues. When we watch his heartbeat start to have issues, then we'll take him out. But until he stays in there, that's what we're going to do. And I just kept praying, Lord, you are the refuge. Take care of my wife. Heal this so that she seals over. Take this so that she doesn't have to give birth yet. I want her to make it fully through. 38, 39 weeks, that's my prayer, Lord. Make it that way. You can do this. You're the great physician. You heal. 
And then a week goes by. And then two weeks go by. And then the doctors come in and they're like, what's going on? There's fluid building back up in this. There's fluid coming back. How is this possible? What's going on? Then there's three weeks. Then there's four weeks. Then there's five weeks. And then there's six weeks. They send her home. They're like, you can go home now. We'll just let you have birth regular. And then when we walked into the birthing place, it was in Providence Hospital, and we walk in and there's 15 nurses, six different doctors. This is the one. I'm, I'm watching Katie give birth and I'm hearing all the nurses and the doctors going, this is the one that's sealed over. Like, this is the one. You guys need to come in here. And so she gives birth and then she gives birth to the placenta and the doctors come running over to me and they're like, hey, can we have this? And I'm like, I don't want it. Why do you want it? And they're like, oh, we've not. And then when we go to have Joel, our doctor comes to us and she says to us, I'm so glad you guys decided to have another baby. Because I wanted you to know that I saw you guys praying and I saw what God did. And we were like, you saw what God did? And she goes, yeah, my husband and my son now and I are going to church again because of your birth. I said, wow. She goes, your faith, the fact that you guys kept praying, the fact that you guys kept asking God, and we didn't understand it. And I only read about it in my medical books, that the sealing over of the womb, I only read about it. And they actually call it in the books a medical miracle. You know what I call it? A miracle from God. This was coming from our doctor. It was amazing. And it was because we were turning to the Lord. Now, get you, I'm not perfect I'm not great. I'm not always the guy who runs to God. Don't get me wrong. I've told you before, I run to food for comfort. I admit my sins. But here's the thing. What makes our hearts glad? What makes us, our whole being rejoice? It's to know that we are with God and always will be with God. In fact, Romans 8 says this, So then, brothers and sisters, We are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if we live according to the flesh, we will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Verse 14, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For we did not receive the spirit of slavery again, leading again to fear, but we received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness to our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, then heirs, namely heirs of God and also fellow heirs with Christ. Indeed, we suffer with Him so we may also be glorified with Him. For I consider that our present sufferings cannot be compared to the glory that will be revealed to us. Our present sufferings cannot be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed to us. We know that Jesus is for us. Who can be against us? Yeah, the world can. But we have confidence in Christ's work and salvation. We can have that confidence because of the last few verses in this psalm. Verse 10 says this, For we will not, for you will not abandon my soul to Shaul or let your Holy One see corruption. 
You make known to me the path of life. Your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We can trust in the Lord. He's in control. Even when bad things happen, God is there to be the refuge for all of us who call on his name, the name of his son, Jesus. Paul quoted this psalm in Acts 13 because he knew that Jesus would not see corruption. Paul knew, as we can as well, that this faith we have in Jesus is evidence-based. It's not a blind faith. It's evidence-based faith. Do you truly understand what I mean by that? Many people in the church today have no idea that it's evidence-based. They just think it was what I was taught. I grew up in the church. I didn't grow up in the church, but people will say, I grew up in the church, so I'm okay. Jesus Christ is evidence-based faith. It's not blind faith or wishful thinking. It's based in prophecy and fulfilled in the Lord's strength and timing. The Lord makes known to us the path of life and we can find this in this present darkness the fullness of joy and the pleasures forevermore. Even if this world or your circumstances never change, you can still find trust in God. Let me say that again. In this world, if your circumstances never change, you still find joy and trust in Jesus Christ and His work on the cross. Many people don't seem to understand that. Even if your spouse never changes, you can find joy in the Lord. Even if your job and situation never changes, you can find joy in the Lord. You can trust in His control and His work. God has good for us because this life is not always getting what you want. It never has been, but it's always about knowing the Lord that He is our protector in this life and the life after. So let me ask you guys a question. Where do we find our refuge? Are we trusting the Lord to be there for us in the midst of darkness and pain? Are we trusting the Lord in all His ways? Or are we looking to something that's seen? Are we looking to things that are seen like money, health, prosperity, justice? Let me close with this scripture. I want you guys to truly hear where you can put your trust. Truly understand where this is going to be because it says this in Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will bring healings to your body and refreshment to your inner self. Verse 9, honor the Lord from your wealth and your first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled completely. Your vats will overflow with new wine. Verse 11, my child, do not despise discipline from the Lord and do not loathe his rebuke. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, just as the Father disciplines the Son in whom he delights. See, many people will quote Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. 
But 7 through 12 is really the promise of the idea of turning to our refuge in God. He takes care of us. He loves us. This isn't a prosperity gospel message. This is a simple message that God says, I love you. He disciplines those he loves. And we don't need to rebuke or or loathe the rebuke that he gives us. But we can turn to him because he truly loves us. This is our refuge in Christ. Learning to follow his ways, not our own ways or the world's ways, but his ways. And understand that we do these things. When we do these things, we find our refuge from the pain and the suffering of this world. And we know that the Lord is the one who preserves us. The Lord's the one who guides us and guards us. And it's the Lord who's the one who protects us. In the midst of a challenge where you're told that you're going to have a really strong, disabled son, the only place you can turn in the midst of that kind of suffering is to God. You might want to look at something fleeting like the idea that the doctors know what they're doing and they're going to be able to take care of your son and everything's going to happen. But truly, the only thing my wife and I could do in that moment in time was get on our hands and knees. She was laying in bed, fairness. But I was getting on my hands and knees in a hospital room. I remember reaching out to the pastors of the church at the time and they couldn't send anyone to be with us. So hurt, and I was like, "What? What? What?" They couldn't, and it was just painful. And I was like, "I can't even rely on the church." No, I couldn't. I couldn't rely on the church. So who could I rely on? It was only God that got me through it all. I'm telling you now because I love you guys. I will fail you. I will make a mistake. I will miss something important to you. I apologize now, but I want you to know you can find, no matter what happens in your circumstance, trust in the Lord. He will take care of you. He will love you. He will give you everything. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would give peace and comfort to all. That we would look to you in the midst of our pain and our suffering and the fact that our circumstances may never change, but we can always look to you, our refuge in Christ, learning your ways and following your ways, not the ways of the world, but your ways. So Lord, I just pray that you would take care of us, that you would love us. I thank you, Lord, for all that you do. I pray it all in Jesus' name.